Right now, they do not have enough police officers to do all the additional quality of life issues that are facing us on a daily basis. More police in Providence, will that stop a spike in violence and restore a safe reputation stolen by the gangs, the crooks and the criminals? And what about the mayor's role in all of this? Let's ask the city council president, fresh from presiding over an emergency session. 10 News Conference starts right now. We should be directing our resources to what the problems are at the moment of the community. And quite simply, we haven't had the resources to do that. Don't ask me to do what I can do, says the Providence Police Chief Hugh Clements. Give me the manpower I'm supposed to have, 50 cops more at a minimum, maybe 100 more, and we'll talk. Good morning, everyone. I'm Gene Valicenti. This is 10 News Conference. The council president is coming up, John Igliosi. But first, Public Safety Commissioner Steve Parry under pressure now, under fire, for maybe agreeing with his boss too much, the mayor. And for not doing enough, let the critics complain, says Parry, calling into my radio show Wednesday morning from just where a cop was almost shot on the street. We know that we're in a cycle of violence. The Providence Police will continue and have continued to uh, both hold people accountable uh, for their criminal behavior. And the, the complication with the ATVs is not new. It's not unique to Providence, uh, but it's, it's a problem that has to be solved. So I take full responsibility as a public safety commissioner and will work through this. Uh, but as far as the critics, uh, they, they certainly um, they can opine about whether or not we're doing the best we can. Mayor Alorza coming under heavy attack for taking a vacation with the city in crisis. He comes back to say he'll take state police help in going after those ATV and scooter gangs, but not regular patrols, not right now, and suggesting that the governor is not in command of all the facts and offering the help. The governor needs to be aware of what his own department is doing before sending letters making those kinds of suggestions. I am for whatever my police chief and the state police chief agree makes sense. Now to the city council president, John Igliosi. Council president, thanks for coming back. Boy, what a week you're having. It's not a good one. You had a cop almost shot before that stabbings and shootings. A woman allegedly ripped right out of her car because she crossed paths with the wrong uh, pack of bikers and ATVs. Is your city at a tipping point? Have you lost control? Well, let me say that. In general, you know, the city is generally safe, right? But the reality is, is that this spike in crime and this type of activity from you just mentioned the gang activity and atv activity and the just sense of lawlessness yeah. is is uh spiking throughout the city and it's attributed to uh let's call it what it is it's attributed to the bad policies of the administration and also not giving the resources to the province police department that they deserve and hampering chief clements and his ability to command the staff and get the resources and get the men and women out there doing their job. All right. What do you know to be a fact? What has the mayor said to the police? Because uh, just the other night, uh, Commissioner Perry said, I have never told my police to stand down and look the other way. You heard him say that because you were presiding over the meeting. So what is it you're saying? List them. One, two, three, the mayor has done this and that and hurt the city. What? Okay, so one, first of all, you, you can't disband the gang unit and then embrace gang activity and, and claim the gangs are victim, uh, gang members are victims, first thing. Second, you can't do a mixed message 
and said they were going to legitimize this ATV abhorrent behavior. And meanwhile, try to pretend you're trying to address it. And the third thing is, by the way, every budget cycle, the city council has funded an academy and the mayor and the commissioner has rejected consistently putting an academy forward. That's the reason why we're at such an alarming low rate. Now, you mentioned earlier, um, the uh, chief uh, Clemens said he needs at least 450, if not more. Right, right now we have 403 officers, 30 of them uh, minus 30, which are on IOD and military leave. So we're pretty much doing 370 officers to govern the city, to police the city. And you find out also that that minimum manning is down, you know, per per a shift. So those are the facts and the reality of it. Now, whether the commissioner, the mayor, wants to admit to it, that's not my problem. That's their problem. What their problem is. Today is that the people and the constituents are demanding action and create a safer city. So their policies and ideas have bled into um, uh, hurting the city's um, level of safety. All right. So you laid them out. Uh, got rid of that particular gang unit. Alorza is still, according to the commissioner, talking about legalizing ATVs in some form or another up at the legislature, Amen. and they have failed to uh, bring on enough m- manpower to meet these standards. Some of them say you need five, 550 to 600 cops. Right now you're at 370. Now, why the joining of Parry at the hip with the mayor? I know he works for the mayor, but at the same point you're splitting off the police chief. Don't they all three take orders and aren't they all three in the same mix? Why the, why the distinction? Why are you setting commission, uh, Chief Clements apart? Well, so let's talk about it. Uh, Commissioner Perry, in his position, hires and fires the chief and um, chiefs of fire and fire and police departments. So he is the the person who uh, pushes down uh, administrative policy, and that policy comes from the mayor. So that's happening. So we know the chief Clements has the ability, the skill set to do the job. But we also realize that bad policies have created bad government, which created uh, safety concerns today, which are generated from the administration and then, uh, what do you call it, and then uh, dictated by Commissioner Perry on down to the ranks. So he can say that, but we know the facts, the facts tell the truth. Yeah. And that's the issue. And let me say something else. I thought it was interesting. You mentioned on the show. And I, after the three-hour-plus meeting we had with Commissioner Perry, our emergency safety meeting the city council had, Commissioner Perry Actually, then he viewed it as that he was we were critics, that these are critics uh, talking uh, about him. I think this is the disconnect. The council and the people of province aren't critics. We are his bosses. We're telling him we have a problem. The fact that he views the council and their concerns and their constituents concerns as just simply the critics like it's Siskel and Ebert, a movie critic, right. is concerning. Right. He's not taking that the conversation's serious enough, he's not listening, and he needs to allow the chief, Clemens, to do his job. Well, well, and if right. he needs to step up or step out. He's, by the way, he was invited. He could appear on the program anytime. Uh, I want to be fair to him, though. He used that term, critics can opine, in the course of a radio interview from the scene of a shooting. I'm not going to hold him to the strict definition of that because I watched him perform or uh, I watched his uh, appearance with you before you. He didn't seem disrespectful at all or disinterested. He, he told you point blank, I haven't told anybody to stand down. He listened to you. He said, I understand. I hear you several times. So uh, are you being a little too, too tough on him? Well, let me say this to you. Uh, I think my, that my constituents are being tough on me. Okay. And my job is to make sure city government functions for them. And let me say something. He might have said, he goes, I haven't told him not to stand down. Well, the problem we have is that we don't have enough people. There's no one to talk to. Yeah. That's the problem. 
The problem is there's a real situation going on. Now, let's go back. We're not just talking about having police officers come and, and do some type of stormtrooper activity. We're talking about bringing back community policing in the city of Providence, mm-hmm. bringing back f- foot patrol, bringing back horse patrol, bike patrol, having the police officers become a f- part of the fabric of our neighborhoods. It's missing. It's a great divide. And they don't have enough police personnel to man those posts. Right. That's what we found. And that's what people are asking for. They want that sense of relationship, a sense of empathy together, police the neighbors, neighbors with the police. And we're doing everything we can to push the put the pressure on the commissioner, rightfully so by the way. And he now needs to step up and do the job. And once again, that's his major major role. He signed up for it. You're right. And he works for the mayor. And if he doesn't want to work for that mayor, he can leave at any time. Uh, Councilman Taylor, your colleague, said uh, Commissioner Perry should resign. You go that far? No. I, and I said earlier, uh, here's his opportunity for Commissioner Perry to step up. You know, we know he has the skill set. We know he has the intelligence. He's heard the, the issues. And quite frankly, the facts are the facts. And everybody sees them. Right. He has an obligation, legal, moral, charter, to get the city and promote and make the city a safer place for all our neighbors, our constituents, our businesses, and our visitors. And right now, that sense of lawlessness is permeating, and we have to now change that to a sense of safety. How we get there? He got hired to do it. He needs to do the job. He can't complain about it. He's got to do it. The issue is that it's been a long time coming. This has not happened overnight. This is something that's been boiling up the past couple of years in particular, by bad policies. And this is the results of those kinds of bad policies. Are you asking for him to do something that, that we can't do right now? It's very difficult to herd ATV and uh, motorcycle riders because they go up the sidewalk, they go down the alley, they spin around, they go down the wrong street the wrong way. And a cop can't do that in his cruiser. Are you asking something that other big cities haven't been able to figure out just yet? I, 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 say I don't believe so. I find it extremely hard to believe. And let me say something else. I think with the conjunction of the neighboring um, police forces and uh, collaborating with the state police, they can put forward a true action plan in uh, which you can address this. You know, we talk, you know, we deal with the drug dealers, the gun runners, you know, we're dealing with organized crime. And are, we, are we saying that a bunch of teenagers and young adults running amok on our city streets, terrorizing our neighborhoods, can't be addressed and can't can't be eradicated or at least uh, tamped down to a, a safe uh, a safe level. That doesn't make sense to me, nor to my constituents. It makes no sense. So instead, of, they need to stop telling us how frustrated they are. They need to talk about what they're going to do and put a plan. By the way, if that plan doesn't work, come up with another plan. Okay. That the plan doesn't work, come up with another. One. That's what you do, and you need to do that now. Fair enough. Uh, you don't have to be satisfied. And something has to be done. I understand that. Whether or not we have the solution right now, because I see in New York, I see other cities that, right up here in Bridgewater. Uh, they're dealing with, with the same situation. Hold it there, because when we come back, I want to talk about police rank and file saying they're being de- they've been demoralized. Also, what about the other politicians in town? Some of them talking about defund the police still. Welcome back to 10 News Conference. We're continuing with my guest, City Council President in Providence, John Igliosi. The police told you they're demoralized, particularly over the suspension of this patrolman, Hurahan, who used the term, who wants some more, at that Sale Street brawl with pepper spray? Who wants some more? I know there's division in the ranks among that. They thought he was unfairly punished. You say what? Well, you know, I don't know all the circumstances, nor do I know the standard of discipline, but there also has to be appropriate, you know, punishment for the crime. 
clearly that situation could have gone extremely bad, right? I mean, it looks like two families not getting along at all for many, it looks like numerous times, right? You had the entire, practically the entire, uh, what was it, police force there trying to calm the situation. Um, you know, can officers do a better job? Yes, of course, but you know, we also need to, as a community, hold all of us accountable too. Like they should, uh, the families there and the adults in that situation, they should have been de-escalating the situation. So, you know, I, I don't know if it should have been that many days or that, but clearly it should have been at least a conversation about, you, you know, trying to deal with uh, these types of high pressure situation. Maybe more retraining, but I, you know, gonna leave it up to the professionals, but it's, I think it's not so much, it's the compounding effect throughout the few years in particular, the police department rank and file feel like they're not being supported and people have been using them as the escape scapegoat for all the world's problems. So I can understand that. Okay, speaking of the us and not being supported, there are members on your city council still talking up defund the police. You have state senators in your city, state representatives. Abolish the police. That's yes. your party. That's yes, your party. Have you done enough to stand up and say this is nonsense, this has to stop? Well, I mean, I've done my part. I've never supported that at all. In fact, you know, unfortunately, let me say, that's a real threat. People need to really take that serious. I mean, don't forget, five council members voted against the budget because yes. we wouldn't fund them, the police. Uh, foot, no, could, they, I, could I just interrupt you? Foot, no, that includes the now Lieutenant Governor, former City Council President, Sabina Matos. You're no, right, I'm go ahead. The last, the last budget. Last budget, yeah, when she was last, in charge. Last, the last budget that we just passed that I was in charge. Oh, the you, last all right, but be, prior to that, she was also on the defund the police crowd. She's jumped off that bandwagon. Go, go ahead. Well, I can't spread. That's that's fair enough. But I'm saying this past budget that that I passed under my um, my uh, presidency at this time was five council members voted against the budget because yes. we wouldn't fund the police. And by the way, and I, and I think one of them is considering running for mayor. I mean, this is their platform. I mean, and I'll tell you something. It's a real threat. People need to take this serious. These elected officials are talking about abolishing, defunding the police, yeah. and they're really uh, it's, they're putting public safety in jeopardy. And they're not listening to the entire city. And they're motivated by, you know, in my mind, you know, this uh, uh, social media kind of uh, political uh, positioning. Uh, you know, very small interest groups. I mean, defunding and abolishing police is an irresponsible position to take in city government this time. People want to feel that they're safe and that we have a good, diverse, well-trained police yeah. force that brings community policing. So you're absolutely right. But please remember, don't take it lightly. That's a real threat. And we're doing everything we can. The vote was close. Yeah. You know, we have to work hard to get the budget passed. So they were so passionate they, that they voted not to fund the entire city government because we would not fund to me, because we would not defund the police department. Right. And listen, I don't live in Providence, but the electorate put them in. So at some point, right. we're going to lay this at the feet of your voters in Providence. Point of order, though, uh, just square, uh, your predecessor, Sabina Matos, was for defunding the police. Now she's completely flip-flopped. Now that she's lieutenant governor, she's not. She said, oh, you know, that was under pressure at the time, and, you know, the media and everything like that. She's changed her position. You want to just square that for me? She did what, and now she's doing what? Yeah, I mean, you know, you stated it, but, you know, that was her position. Yeah. Some people handle these kinds of, these types of situations differently. You know, uh, for me, I, I've seen this kind of rhetoric in the past, and it was irresponsible then, it's irresponsible now. Okay. People, people want a safe, clean, efficient city. They're not, look. once again, we are not, we cannot turn into a post-apocalyptic, utopian, self-policing society. It doesn't exist. And the idea that some of my colleagues think it can 
is basically um, irresponsible. Let's talk about the action plan. I, I know you were looking for something. You didn't get that the other night. You got a commitment that the police say, we have some things I can't disclose in regard to going to the ATVs, but it's very, very difficult. What's the action plan to keep your city from tipping over? What's the action plan now? Great question, and let me say this. Now, they're saying they can't tell us all the details. Okay, fine. So that means that I want to see results. So that means within the next weeks or so, we want to see real results. How they get there, how they do it, fine. Whether they're using drones or, or some mysterious you know, powers, I don't care. But they need to show the results that they get there, corralling these ATV riders. They're stopping them terrorizing our neighborhoods. They're putting our gangs in check, mm -hmm. and they're making our city safer. So once again, the facts will bore out whether or not what they're doing is happening. And if they're not, and if the facts show that nothing is happening, well, then the pressure goes on again. And the pressure we put more on Commissioner Perry to do his job and to allow Chief Clements to do his job. The mayor was on with me when we test our, taped our last episode. He said, you know, overall, crime is down. Yes, we're having a spike in shootings and we're having a spike in murders. But overall, you look back, crime is down. Doesn't he get credit and Commissioner Perry and Chief Clements for that? At the, at the same time, we're whacking them. Don't we get to say overall crime is down? That's, that's how they respond. That, by the way, and that's great. And that's the traditional response when you have these types of public safety crises. In fact, I think, I think the mayor even started talking about how the, it's sometimes the victim's fault for not coming forward. It's like the classic political playbook, right? Mm -hmm. You have a public safety problem. You go, oh, the stat shows crime's down and victims aren't coming forward. Listen, that's just political excuses. Right now, yeah. the facts are the facts in the street. People, business owners are demanding proper action and to uh, make our city safer. And stats, you can't always govern by them. I, I, I don't. I govern by how the constituents, actually, their level of comfort. It sounds silly, but truly is. Do you feel comfortable in your home? Do you feel comfortable in your backyard? Do you feel comfortable walking down your street, going downtown, going out? The answer is no, I'm not wishy-washy. I'm really not that excited. Yeah. Well, I'm really not. We have a problem. Right now, we're at people don't feel comfortable. Okay. I've so, just, got about, I've, I've just got about 30 seconds left. Uh, look, the media covers this every night, and I know there's, oh, hey, stop with this. You guys are too much shootings and stabbings every night. Councilman Narducci said his constituents don't want to go to Federal Hill. You use the term lawless. Your neighboring mayor, Policina, says, I won't go into Providence. Are these fair critics who are coming forth to tell you this? Narducci's your colleague, all right, on the council. He said, my people don't want to go to Federal Hill. Take the last word on that. Square it. At the end of the day, um, they, those are fair um, testaments, okay. uh, testimonies by those individuals. They're telling how they feel, what their constituents are telling them, and that's their job. And they're letting people know. And by the way, we need to shine a light on these issues, not pretend they don't exist. So I'm okay with those statements because it's, uh, it's about saying that we have an issue, we have to address it, and leadership needs to step up and do it. Okay. And part of our role is to force leadership and be leaders to get the job done. Council President John Igliosi, thanks for coming on. I think we just hit the out-of-time button, but that appreciate it. There you go. We'll have you back again. A very frank discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Gene.